I am just so excited about this promotion. We can be ex example to this community. Oh my. Oh. I'm not being extreme here either. <laughs> just want to see if you were awake at all. I tell you right now. I mean, we are, we are glad that you're here. It's always good to be in the house, Lord, isn't it? Hope you come anticipating what God's going to do. Man, I do. I, I, I just, I just kind of saddle up. Say, okay, God, you know, help me to be receptive to your message. Uh, what a waste of time it would be if we come to a service like this and uh, we don't get anything out of it. And I think sometimes that can happen, uh, not because of the speaker, but uh, <laughs> anyway, so uh, we're anticipating what the Lord has for us. Hey, last week we talked about a real smart guy. Uh, he's in the Old Testament. He's a guy known of wisdom. What's the fellow's name? Solomon. He was, he was known, you think, like the wisdom of Solomon. And so this smart guy in Ecclesiastes uh, kind of posed a question. He said, how do I face the future? And here's a fellow that, without question, uh, had a lot of answers, made a lot of good choices, some bad choices. And, uh, but, you know, when you, you kind of need to take note. Here's a guy that uh, was a problem for him. How do I face the future? You know, how am I going to deal with what's coming up into my life? And I don't know these things. And so what I'm so grateful and thankful about the word of God is that God answers these questions. He does in the book of Joshua. I want to turn to Joshua chapter 1. We're going to find that answer in the book of Joshua dealing with the reality. How do I face the future? Now, last week we talked uh, about several things you don't want to do. Uh, one of the things you don't want to do, you don't want to presume about the future. Boast not thyself of tomorrow. You don't know what a day may bring forth. And so you need to be careful. Just because things are, have happened doesn't mean they will keep happening and all. And so it's very important that we don't presume. Uh, one of the ways that we do that is that we plan without praying. Have you ever done that? I mean, we, we do a situation or whatever the thing going on in our life, and maybe it doesn't work out the way we'd like it to work out, and we kind of blame God, but we forgot to even ask God, God, what do you think about that? Another way we presume about the future is in credit buying. You ever done that? We don't do that, do we? We, we? we don't want to buy things on credit because when you do, you're presuming. And so one of the things that God says is don't do that. He says don't panic. You know, they get around people and they, 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 they think about the future and the Bible is sufficient on the day the evil there is. And so you don't have to panic about the future. God's in control of that. And so these are some things you should not do when you look forward to the future. Another thing, you should not procrastinate. You know, this is, I probably ought to have several messages on procrastination. Don't do that. I mean, don't, you know, the Bible talks about if you're, if you're waiting for all the circumstances to line up in order for you to do anything, you will not do anything. Everything's not going to line up. You've got to go forward. And then we talked about that last week. We are over three months into 2017. Can you believe that? It's hard to believe. Over three months. We're in 2017, and, and what are the things that you should be doing that you are not doing, you see? You see, the problem is this. As human beings, we have an insatiable desire to know the future. Oh, man, have I got good news for you. almost forgot to tell you this. I was driving down 41, going to the post office in Punta Gorda, and our resident psychic has a special on palm reading for 10 bucks. <laughs> I'm not... I'm not kidding around. 
And, uh, you know, 10 bucks, you can know the future. Or if you don't want to do that, astrological signs. I think some of you guys may be into that or mediums or things of this nature. And, you know, I always like to bring good news to you. The problem with all that kind of stuff is it doesn't work. You know, I think you ought to be aware of what's going on. I think you ought to review and pursue the, the different markets that are happening. But the reality, when it all comes down to it, it's simply an educated guess. Because no one knows the future but God. And so as we look here in the book of Joshua, we find that Joshua is getting a pep talk from God. And we all from time to time need pep talks, don't we? <laughs> from time to time we get discouraged. Don't you all get discouraged? From time to time, get depressed, get down, low down. And we kind of need words of encouragement. And I'm so thankful that God took the time to encourage Joshua because Joshua had some very important information. They were to cross over Jordan, but on the other side of Jordan was those seven enemies that were stronger and bigger and had armies. And so therefore he knew this Jordan River, when he crossed over there, it was going to be an act of war and he was going to be in trouble. And so therefore that probably concerned him. And so God was encouraging Joshua. You know, you want God to encourage you, amen? Do you want God to encourage you, amen? Read the Bible. Okay, that's my message. No. Let's go to lunch. <laughs> no, actually, brunch. So, if you want God to encourage you, and you know what? Here's kind of a cool deal, guys. God wants to encourage you. Sometimes I get around people and they talk about God as like he's some kind of grandpa Paul up there, big long beard, looking like kind of like Eric, and uh, both hair and uh, beard thing. And, and he's up there kind of looking stern at us, and he's kind of up there kind of, you know, looking for ways he can put it to us and all. And yet when I read the word of God, that's not the case at all. God loves us. He's for us. He's encouraging us. That's what he does. God wants to do that. Now, I'm not saying he overlooks sin. I'm just saying he tries to be an encouragement to us. And he was encouraging Joshua because Joshua was getting ready to lead the guys into the promised land. And so here's what he said in verse 2. Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore arise. What that therefore arise means, get ready. Get ready. He was saying to Joshua, get ready. Some girl, I mean, some exciting days are coming. You need to prepare yourself. You need to get ready, realizing that the future are, is, belongs to those that are prepared. And so he was encouraging Joshua to get ready to prepare. What he was saying, Joshua, make some plans. Make some plans. What have you planned to accomplish in 2017? You say, I've... I haven't accomplished anything, and the reason you haven't is because you don't have any plans. Say, well, if I make plans, what if they don't work? <laughs> well, I'd rather make plans than not working. I mean, I'd rather shoot at something and hit it and shoot at nothing, shoot at nothing and hit it, rather than shoot at something and miss it. I, I think we need to understand that God has given us an opportunity. This life that we have, that God has so given to us, we can you, we can invest this life. And so what plans are you making for 2017? Set up some plans. Get ready. Are you ready for what God's going to do in 2017? God's got some exciting days ahead for us here at Sunshine. God's got some exciting days ahead for you if you'll simply get ready for that. Prepare yourself for that. He said this, Moses, my servant, is dead. Do you think that Joshua knew that? I think he probably did. I believe what God was saying to Joshua, let go of the past. 
I'm sure that Joshua had a lot of admiration for Moses. I mean, Moses was the man. I mean, God used Moses to deliver them out of the nation of Egypt. He used Moses to, to move them through uh, the Red Sea. He, moved, he used Moses for some, some tremendous things that God used Moses for, but Moses is dead. And what God was saying to Joshua, you have to let go of the past. Whether it's good things or bad things, I, I think that it's okay to think about the past and to be appreciate the past, but not to be controlled by the past. And so what he was saying to Joshua, Joshua, Moses, my servant is dead. Let the past be the past. Some of you here this morning, your present's being destroyed because of the past. You need to let go of the past. Let it go. Now he goes on and said, now, so number one, how do I face the future? I start planning for the future. I start planning every day, using that day wise. And number two, look at verse seven. Only thou be strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left hand, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. And of course, what he's saying for us here, saying to us here, stay in the word of God. What he's talking about here, that, that, that language when he says, don't turn from the right to the left. What he's saying to us this morning, guys, is don't get sidetracked. Don't get off the track. This, this is the direction that we're going. And don't, don't go to the left or right. Stay, stay focused and going forward. You need to stay in the Word. You know, good folks get sidetracked. Things come in their life, maybe a, a, a promotion in their job or, or their children or their hobbies or, or whatever it may be. And, and what he's saying to us here in the book of Joshua and to Joshua, Joshua, stay in the Word. You know why people get sidetracked? They quit reading the Word of God. They quit getting into the Word of God. And God's Word, as we get into the Word of God, and God's Word gets into us, it will change our life. You know, so many this morning say, I want my life to change. My recommendation is get into the Word of God. Oh, I hear you. I come to church. Let me tell you something. If this is the only time that you get into the Word of God, you're in trouble. I mean, you go six days without being in the Word of God, you come here on Sunday and you pig out. You know, I mean, you just eat it up. Man, I'm just eating this stuff up. But the problem is this, that's, that's not, it's not healthy. You need to be in the Word of God every day. How, how do we do How What does it mean to, to be in the Word of God? Well, the Bible says in verse 8, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou may observe to do according to all that's written therein, then thou shalt have, make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. You know, God wants us to be successful. And he's give, sharing with us, giving us the formula by which that can happen. And what he's saying to us, we need to be in the word of God. God's word will make a difference in our life. How do you do that? Three things real quick we see here in verse 8. Number one, don't let it depart out of your mouth. Talk about it. Talk about it. The reason we come to church, you know I found out that a lot of times that people that come to church talk about God. Have you all figured that out? It's just the atmosphere brings about that we want to talk about God. And the reason we encourage you to be here, we have, we have 8 30, 9 30, 10 30, 11 o'clock. We got a lot of stuff. At 7 o'clock, it's a lot of small groups are going on. Dale, 
Did I happen to mention that we have services on Wednesday night? Did I ever mention that? I should have mentioned that. We do a verse-by-verse study. We're in the book of Acts. We're in chapter 25. Do you all know we have Wednesday night services? We talk about Jesus. We talk about the Word of God. I mean, we, you know, we don't give you a bunch of stories. Well, maybe one or two. But what we believe that will change you is God's Word. It will make a difference in your life. And the reason why we so, you say, all oh, preachers are just laying guilt on me to come to church. <laughs> it is so much fun. Anyway, but I'm saying, guys, if guilt would work, I'd do it. I mean, I don't care. I want you to do what's right because I'll tell you right now, you get the Word of God, you start talking about the Word of God, it's going to make a difference in your life. These, some of the stuff you're dealing with will go away. He says, he says that we need to talk about it. He says, second of all, we need to meditate on it day and night. We need to think about the Word of God. You need to, hey, you're mine. You, I was telling the guys, uh, Saturday mornings at breakfast. One of the things we were talking about the Word of God and how important it is in our life. And, and I, boy, at night before I go to bed, I, I talk to God. I said, God, I'm getting ready to go to bed here. Like, I guess you know, please control my mind. And then I start quoting some of the Word of God because I know that's what can do it. You need to meditate on the Word of God. Oh, preacher, I have a hard time meditating. You do not have a hard time meditating. You worry, don't you? Worry is negative meditation. You do it all the time. You think about it and think about it and think about it. My encouragement to you is think about the Word of God. Meditate about the Word of God. If you do that, you hide God's Word in your heart, that's what will change you. And so he says we need to get in the Word of God. He needs not to part out of your mouth. Verse 8 says, verse 8 says, meditate it. He also says, do it. Practice what the Word of God says. Practice God's word. Get God's word into your heart. Thy word have I hid in my heart, I might not sin against thee. The Bible says in Proverbs 16:1, the preparation, see that the preparation of the heart in man and the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. Have you ever said the wrong thing at the wrong time? You ever open your mouth and say, Man, I really am an idiot. Why did I say that? i tell you why you said it. Because the heart has to be prepared. Because out of the abundance, listen, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. You're saying what's in your heart. And so the important thing, of course, the Bible says the heart is deceitful and wicked above all things. Who can know it? God can. And the way you change your heart is that you go to the heart surgeon, which is Jesus, and bring him into your heart, bring him into your life. I want to tell you right now, the reason why you say, well, you know, you study every day for messages. And yes, I do. I study every day for messages. But that has nothing to do with my relationship with, well, can't help but say the word of God not affect you. But, but I have my own private devotions also. My time with the Lord. My scripture reading. My prayer time. Before, before I, I begin trying to put something together that God would have me to say on Sunday. Because, you see, here's the deal, guys. And, 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 the, and one of the reasons I try to deal this as well, because I want the last word in my mind and heart be from God. I, whatever, I don't know the decisions I'm getting ready to make that day or, or the things I'm getting ready to say. I have found as I've gotten older, maybe you guys have found this out, particularly in, in the ministry when I was about 20, 22, you could answer, ask me anything, I had the answer. Particularly raising kids. 
Are you with me? I was 22. I knew how to raise children. <laughs> now I'm a little older than that. I'm not writing no books. You know, it's just one of those things, you know, you get to a situation because you're, you're at a point where you really, you have the answers, all that kind of stuff. And, 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 you know, so you just stay stuff. You just, you know, I can remember some of the advice I gave people. I thought, wow, that was sure stupid. Why did I say that? You know, and, and, but you know, you, you, you know what you feel? Yeah, you got to say something. No, no, you don't. You don't have to say something. You know, sometimes nothing is the most spiritual thing you can do. You know, why, why be stupid and open your mouth and remove all doubt? You know what I'm saying? And so, so what I'm saying to you this morning is that the last thing I want the, when it comes to, to dealing with people, I want that last word from God. God, what do you think? And when I, I met with them, it's so funny, it's from time to time, a lot of people say, I've actually had this happen. Preacher, God told me to tell you. I said, you know, here's strange. Him and I had a meeting this morning. He didn't mention that. We meet every morning. Him and I have a meeting pretty early in the morning, me and Jesus. And, uh, you know, he, he, you know what I found out about God? He's not real bashful. <laughs> if he wants me to know something, he'll tell me. Very clear. How do, how do you know that? Because he left me a book. You see, he left me. He, he, this, is, this, is, this is counsel from above. This is, this is, how, this is, a, this is an owner's manual. If he wants to say something to me, man, I'm telling you right now, do it. So, I'm getting ready for the future. What to do? Well, start making some plans. Man, I get up in the morning and say, God, what are we going to do today? You know, what? hey, whatever's going to happen, God, help me to be ready for it. Help me to say things you want me to say. Help me to shut my mouth when I shouldn't be saying stuff. God, help me. You know what? I find that he answers prayer. Set up a plan. And then you need to stay in the Word of God, keep in the Word of God. And this last thing is pretty cool. You need to step out on faith. I like the word here of stepping out. Sometimes people believe faith is something you believe. Faith is not something you believe. Faith is something you do. It's an action word. It's not something that we believe or we talk about. And you know, you've got to realize he was talking to Joshua here. And Joshua was getting ready to go into the Promised Land. There was an obstacle there called the Jordan River. Have you all ever stayed, seen the Jordan River? It's not that big. And it, I mean, you could, you, I mean, it's like it's like the Gal Sea of Galilee. You could swim the Sea of Galilee. Well, I couldn't anymore, but you could do that. It's not that big. And so we say, what's the deal? It wasn't that it was just a big thing of water. It's what it represented. You see, this Jordan River represented, they had to cross that to go into the promised land. And so it's what it represented in their life. This was an obstacle. This was a barrier to being where God would have them. And so what God was saying to Joshua, Joshua, you need to cross over into the promised land. He said, I want you to be courageous. I want you to be encouraged. You know, I got to believe that Joshua probably was a little fearful, wouldn't you? Oh, I've been afraid. Courage is not the absence of fear, is it? Courage is moving against the fear. That's what courage is. Courage doesn't mean you're never fearful, although you need to understand the Bible says God doesn't give us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. But we do get afflicted by it from time to time. And so when it comes into our life, it can either paralyze you or ignite you. I think when fear comes, when we hear things or see things and we become fearful, rather than allowing it to, to push us back, we ought to move ahead because that 
is what courage is. It's exactly what he was, he was talking to Joshua, what he wanted him to do. Two things stop you, fear and discouragement. Fear keeps you, keeps you from doing it, and discouragement stops you from doing it, from going on. Fear and discouragement are very plaguing in our life and all. Joshua 1.9 says this, Have not I commanded thee, be strong, of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. The Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. We need to realize the point is this, God, God wants us to step out on faith. Years ago, I was raised in Annapolis. Dick, you may remember this. There was a place called Longacre. Remember Longacre, Dick? Longacre was a great big swimming pool. I mean, it's just gigantic. Miles and miles. Well, maybe not there. But, but anyway, there, there at the swimming pool, there was a 20-foot high diving platform. And I can remember the day that I came out there on that platform. And I said to myself, self, you need to go back. Jesus would have you do that. Well, you know, we blame God for everything, don't we? Isn't it amazing what we do to Jesus? But I can remember that day. You know what? You, we're having a ball, aren't we? I mean, literally. There you go, buddy. I can know no problem. Could have used that. Anyway, back to the platform. Anyway, I can, you, know, you know what the hardest step for me was? The first step. After that, pretty much all downhill, you know. Really was a long acre, wasn't there, Dick? Okay. So these preachers ain't make this stuff up. I can't make this stuff up. It's, life's so real, isn't it? But I found, though, it was the first step. And I think the thing this morning you need to understand when it comes to stepping out on faith, the hardest, the hardest part is the first step. Now, the question this morning is this. What, what is that Jordan River in your life? It's not really all that impressive necessarily, and it's not all that wide, but, but it's that Jordan River. You've come up to it. Maybe it's a health situation, or maybe some difficulty with your children, or maybe some things with your marriage, or, or things in your personal life. That Jordan River's there, and, and you come right up to it, and you, you know you, you want to get over it. You want to cross over uh, to the promised land, if you will, but it just seems to be there, and it stops you every time. You just, you just can't. And so you walk away, you're discouraged and you're depressed because you can't. It seems like it's never going to change. And you feel like you're in the desert wandering. And the bottom line is this, as you look at the future this morning, it may look a little bleak for you. A little difficult. And not only do you not know the future, you can't control the future. But let me give you a little bit of encouragement. God can. God can. Joshua had to make a decision. Do I stay on this side, which is comfortable? Kind of. Or do I go across the Jordan River when I know there's going to be conflict? You know what the problem with people is? They believe the promised land is trouble-free. I've never found that to be the case. The promised land is where Jesus is. 
So the choice is yours this morning. Philippians says 4, 13, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. That's what he says. I'm saying, all right, let's see if that's true. Oh, what are you doing? You're pushing God. No. Malachi told me to prove me here with, saith the Lord. Just give it a whirl. See if I won't come through. So this morning, you have a choice. I don't know how this all is involved in your life. I don't know what the Jordan River is you're facing this morning, but you do. Maybe your family, maybe your personal life, maybe your job, whatever it may be, but it's there and you need to go over it. You, as I said a moment ago, you have a choice. And so I challenge you. You need to set a plan for 2017. And it may not necessarily be the plan you want, but it's the plan God has for you. So what, I mean, you need to get the plan. Say, does God have a plan for my life? Absolutely. I believe the creator has a plan for the created. How about y'all, amen? I just cannot believe that we're here taking up space. I believe that God has something for us. And so I need to set the plan up. I need to do as much as I can. I, you know, I need, to, I need to seek his guidance, but I need to, what I plan to accomplish, what I plan to accomplish tomorrow. I got some plans. I need to not neglect the Word of God. You need to read the Word of God every day. You mean read it in the morning? I don't care, morning, noon, or night. doesn't matter to me. I happen to like reading in the morning. My mind's, however, however clear my mind ever gets, it's clear in the morning. However much that ever happens and all, you know, it's clear in the morning. So I kind of plug it in in the morning. I try to engage in the morning. Some folks, you know, they do it at night. That's, that's fine. I don't care when you do it, just do it. Just do it. You need to get in the word of God. I cannot overstress that. And then you need to step out on faith. Whatever God has for you, whatever God is asking you to do, you need to step out on faith. You need to, you need to I get around people, well, preacher, I'm aiming to do it. You know what I tell you? Quit aiming. Pull the trigger. Let's just see. Now, this, this, may, this may not smack real well if you're a religious person. But you have a relationship with God. You understand what I'm saying. Let's do it, guys. We need to understand that God has an opportunity for us this morning. And you're here this morning, and you know, you've walked in these services, and you may have come for a while, and you're not really sure about eternity. If you would die right now, you're not sure where you'd spend eternity. Man, we're concerned about that. You can do one or two things on that. You can take this card and fill it to say, Put your name, address, phone number. Say, hey, can someone talk to me? Drop it in that box over there. We'll talk, we'll talk to you after church. This is that. I mean, you need to make sure heaven's your home. You've aimed to take care of that. You've, 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 ta you've thought about it. You, you're, you're not real. If you would die right now, you're not sure where you'd spend eternity. And so, therefore, you want to get that settled. You better sell it while you can. Make sure you fill this card out. Drop it in that little box over there before you get out the door. And we'll get it. And we'll, we'll, you can come see us. We'll come see you. Some of you here this morning, and you've trusted Christ as your personal Savior. You have not been scripturally baptized. We could baptize you Easter, right here. Say, I like to follow the order of believers of baptism. Okay. Say, will this get me to heaven? Nope. Won't. What it will do will get you obedient. Baptism is obedience to God. It's identification that I have trusted Christ as my personal Savior. That's what baptism represents. The death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. If you have a theological and believer's baptism, you need to put it on the card, drop it in that box, we'll, we'll get it worked out for that Sunday. 
Maybe you're here this morning and God is, are you a little tired of just kind of treading water? You want God to do something in your life. I'm going to tell you right now, this morning it starts with a plan. It starts by getting into the Word. It starts by the step of faith. And yes, this can be scary, and I realize that it looks like over there is a whole lot more comfortable, I mean a whole lot more painful than over here. It may look that way, guys. But it ain't, you English folks. Hey, listen, right now, you have an opportunity. How do I face the future? How do I face the future? Well, you set up some plans. I stay in the Word. And whatever God asks us to do, you step out on faith. Would you stand with me as we pray together? God is dealing with you this morning. God has spoken to you. You know what I like about doing God's work is that God is the one that's responsible. That tugging at your heart's not me doing something to you. That's the Holy Spirit saying, you know, you need to do something about that. So if you're not sure about eternity, you, man, we'll be hanging Pastor Harder here. I'll be here. If you, if you want to see us this week, just fill this thing out and drop in that box. Maybe you're here. You haven't, you haven't followed the Lord in scriptural baptism. We'll take care of that Easter. Just follow, drop that in the box. Uh, whatever your need is, God has dealt with you. You know, you may, God may be speaking to you about something totally different than what I've talked about this morning. Say, what, what is my advice to you? Listen to him. Just listen to him. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for loving us. Thank you for being so patient. Thank you for the time you took.